rites of passage. Boys to men, sunny listen, sing, sing, boy, in disorderly unison, with your brokered innocence. And this miseducation of the black prince stones to the now. Raised by crocodiles, I suppose this is why our manhood is skin deep. Superficial yet vulnerability, what a rite of passage. What a classic. We in the boxing ring like classy as clay. That's magic. Ooh, hmm. I had to hit him with some. Oh, I'm supposed to snap. <laughs> I'm not coaching. I don't snap. This I don't guy. snap. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So if y'all wondering why you didn't hear Nia singing or me rapping first at the beginning of the podcast, it's because we're doing something different. The fellas is taking over for the pod for the One Night Podcast. So it's your boy, Mikey Box, three exes cousin Nasty. And I'm here with two of my good friends I wanted to bring on the show. Cause I felt like it's gonna. I wanted to have a fellas night. You know I mean, the girls had their joint a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we on tequila tonight. Um, no more wine. We on tequila. And I do say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, like I said, you know, I'm, y'all already know who I am. But um, I want to introduce y'all. Uh, well, y'all already met. Y'all already met Nate. I got my man Nate. My what man Nate's do, on what the show. Um, um, but here I got new to the show, but friends to me. My oh, man, Justin, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? I am Justin, the hip-hop professor. Um, some of you may have heard me already. I have my own podcast, hashtag no fucks given, where we talk about blunt truth and other and other topics that we find pertinent to us as black men in our, in our community and culture. I'm honored to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, and I, I've heard his stuff, but it's... it's... <laughs> It, it, it might get you upset. I ain't gonna hold you. It might get you upset. So, but if that's what you went to, that's what you need. You know what I mean? If you want some men to get you upset, that's the podcast for you. Somebody but, once um, told me the medicine burns when it's going down. That's how you know it works. That's a fact. That's a fact. I hear that. I hear that. Um, and Nate, you want to reintroduce yourself? What's up, y'all? My name's Nate. Uh, poet name, Pen of the Stranger, or Words from the Wise, whichever one you know me as. What's up? How you doing? 23. Aspiring nursing student. Uh, poet, rapper, and I'm just glad to be here again. <laughs> now I ain't gonna lie. You told me the other day that you was a, that you um in the last episode you told us that you started as a rapper, and I was like, hold on, you, you used to rap, bro? <laughs> like, yeah, I, was I Like I don't know why it's so surprising. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's because that like, you always really like. I just can't. But I guess when I think of rapping, I think of you talking about like, like being in the streets and, 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 and yeah, and stuff like that. And it's just like, like that. <laughs> yeah, and nah, I was just like, nah, um, that ain't him. So, what was you rapping about? Uh, you know, it's hilarious. Okay, so I was a, I was, I was a different kind of kid. <laughs> but <laughs> long story short, um, I used to run with my crew. My crew, we used to spit like we had like two producers and like four dudes just spitting. So it was a group of six. So we felt like we was like D twelve. Awesome. Uh, D12. Yeah, we was like, yeah, we was like the modern yeah, you took day. it back. You we, took was, it back. we was like the modern day D12, you know what I'm saying? So we was rapping at the time. I was doing like, like I said, I was doing bad stuff. So I was like smoking, out late, doing drugs, partying, messing with Matt, shorties, be, just being not who I am as who y'all know as right now. What you mean? That sounds like you last week. I was going to yeah. say, you're only 23, man. Like, hold what up, is that? Hold up, hold up. See, I'm not going to Why you had to out me like that? So, <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> nah, it, was, it was just like, it was just like, I guess in the sense, I was just overindulging in the things that I indulge now. You know what I'm saying? So like, got you, got you. eventually, like, mm. like, went to college. So me and my men, like, we all went to different colleges, you know what I'm saying? And we all just started doing our own thing and life just happens. I'm still cool with them. Like, we all cool, but like, you know, like, we're not 
in the same central area no more. You know, so uh-huh. I, what I rap, but I, yeah, man, I mean, we gonna get into that because like the whole like artistic, we got, like my thing is like the artistic identity is a hard thing to accept, mm. except especially when like you come from like a Caribbean or a strict black household mm. like mine. Like you want to do what? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you're not about to be. You you're not about to be what? a doctor. You're not about to be a lawyer. You're you not about to be president. Like, like, not, you if you're the not, fuck out if here. you don't have, if you're not, if you're not going for something professional, or if you're not doing something with a trade, why? What are you doing? You know what I'm saying, like, and that's that was my yeah. mom's thing. You know, I'm the only boy in my family, like son, like sibling, like child wise. So it was it was rap for that. Like it was it was clip. Like like mom, yeah, I want to do like music. You want to do what? You know, you got to <laughs> rethink what you just told her. You like, I I do music. I, was, I, was, I do music as a hobby. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. You gotta shut that dream down. Yeah, it wasn't but, until um, I got here that but, I accepted it. Well, so um. Justin, like I told you before, the reason why I wanted you on this is because you 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 dabble in music too. You know, I'm a hip hop professor, yeah, not yeah. just a, a name for show. So I guess I can talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. How the hip hop professor came to came to light was um again I used to do college acts access and um at my job the Harlem Children's Zone we had this program called Summer Bridge and they were trying to find creative ways to get students prepared for college. So these girls created this um, elective class called like Beyonce One on One. And they did this whole cool class. I gotta give Beyonce nods because people think I don't like women, so I got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they, they get the they get the wrong thing from the podcast. That's that's not that's not in fact true at all. You inspire me, so I'm giving her that props now. So when I saw that, I was like, "Yo, what if we took hip hop and we not only enlightened our young people about the communities in which they come from, the music that they love, but also show them the same tools they used to be, you know, productive in school. They can do and use it to appreciate the music." So what I did was I, I did my own research. I researched the beginning of hip hop from the Bronx, burning down the buildings, from the political um, oppression that was going on, removing the instruments from our schools, the street gangs in the 80s, the crack and all that, the gang violence yeah. in the 90s. I intertwined that with the music, with, you know, with like critical release dates, projects that came out and how it all built into what we know as hip hop today. And um, yeah. I gave my students a syllabus. They had a required, well, recommended reading on what I on what I felt were the you know the um the prototype rap albums and I also told them on the flip side to send us albums that they listened to and cross reference with the album from our list. So the students at the end did like a presentation on like like one kid was doing um what's the guy's name from um Chicago. I kinda I like him a lot now as a matter of fact. Um, Common or Chief Keith? <laughs> no 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 neither That's one of them common. actually uh. neither one of them um he had this song chance called Mera. Not Chance, not Chance. It's another oh, dude. Um, I know you're talking about. Well, anyway, about. the kids did a comparison of him and Jay-Z's Blueprint. And based on his presentation, I was so moved. I started listening to him. And I was like, yo, I could really dig, dude. Because I feel like when you understand where somebody's coming from, you can get yeah. their message a lot differently. Definitely. So, definitely. I, I really, like, hearing you say that, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I really want to give you your flowers while you can still smell them smell them because <laughs> i work i work in education right yeah and it's a thankless job the whole world thinks it's just something that's easier you just go in there and just teach or you just go in there and be a counselor you just go in there and do whatever it's extremely difficult to put extra time into a curriculum and try to infuse something you care about it that means you took that home you took that yeah, time yeah. you took from home that's what i mean like and i really want to give you your props for doing that i'm glad you did it because it breaks that stigma that that's i mean fact. black men can't be educated it breaks the stigma that black men don't care about the youth like we're just self-serving and things like that so i, I really appreciate the fact that you did that and i really when i when i met you you tell me all the things that you're doing like i'm really thankful 
to see that there's people like that. You know what I mean? In the world. So I appreciate so thank that. You. that thank, that means a lot, man. Thank you. Back course, to you, man. <laughs> so, um, that being said, people are here for a show. You know what I mean? People want to hear from controversy and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> you know I mean? I'm sure so, we'll give it to them. <laughs> so, um, we all we all grew up in New York City. All um, grew up in Brooklyn too. So the first thing I want to talk. Oh about no 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 no! Wait wait wait! Time out. Uh, I am uh, not from Brooklyn. Oh, for real? <laughs> you said, nah, up, 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 oh, I forgot, oh, I forgot, I forgot. Oh, yeah, from, yeah, yeah, I'm from Queens on Long Island, man. Um, mm, matter of fact, right. let me, uh, let me, since we're giving flowers, let me be clear on this statement. First of all, first and foremost, there's nothing wrong with being from Long Island. There are a lot of, <laughs> there yeah. are a lot of influential, powerful people that came from Long Island. Rock, Rock him, the God MC is from Windings. Mm-hmm. Biz Marquis was from my neighborhood in Gordon Heights. That's where he started at. You know, these are these are the trailblazers of hip hop. They, they came from Long Island. Chuck D is from um like like Nassau County. You know what I mean? For real. So yeah, he is. He is. So I'm not trying. I'm not ashamed of that. And yeah. I'm damn sure not ashamed to be from Gordon Heights because Gordon yeah. Heights can contend with some of the hoods with some of the hoods out here. You know, mm-hmm. and um and honestly, I hope we, we're going to talk about that. Cause uh that negativity, that's not what it's supposed to be about anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, but I do hail from Queens, Jamaica Queens, yeah. the South Side. I right, remember, right. I remember the apartment building, the apartment <laughs> before we got the house. You know what I mean? Like you can't rob that from me. You know, nah, and, I definitely feel you. It's funny you say that. After I left Brooklyn, I moved to Jamaica Queens, so it's, okay, okay, it's definitely yeah. some connection. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so me and me, uh, born in Brooklyn, Nate stayed in Brooklyn. I um, ended up moving to Queens. Used from Queens to Long Island and stuff like that. But in general, we all share that New York City experience. Yes, yes, absolutely. And absolutely. I wanted to ask, like, what was it like to grow up where you did, and how do you think that plays a role in your life now? I'm gonna throw it to Nate first. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you go. Um, growing up where I did, well, I've been in the same like apartment for like 23 years. Besides, like the last four Crazy. being in Buffalo, yeah, yeah. facts. That's because my my grandmother owns the like the buildings, and my mom was like the landlord and her steed type. Mm-hmm. But growing up, I was, I will hold you. Growing up, like I was kind of sheltered. Like my mom didn't like me going outside. Like she didn't like mm-hmm. me going outside. Or, like, oh, you wasn't playing. outside. Nah, I got. I was outside. <laughs> I was outside like at a later age, or I would get snuck out like by my cousins or my sisters. Or eventually, at a certain yeah. age, my sister was like, "Yo, Nate, like live a little, like go outside, like get." <laughs> what part of Brooklyn are y'all from again? I'm from East Flatbush. I was, okay. I was born. In, I moved around a lot. So I was born in Bed Moved to East New York. Moved to Flatbush. I'm like I moved around a lot. Yeah. Um, but growing up, I would say it really like my environment really probably affected me when, damn. Uh, when I got into high school, because high school is when I was really started doing my own thing. Like I wasn't really, you know what I mean. And this was when, when like, yeah, facts. And I was like being exposed. Like I'm talking about like walking and just being yo yo. What you doing? <laughs> yo 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 black coat. Like it's like and it's like damn yo. Like I'm just trying to get home, dog. Like <laughs> and a lot of so like. It kind of breeds like a mentality, like yo, watch your show, watch, look over your shoulder, like don't, you know what I'm saying? Even so, even even more so, like you experience like experiences at school. So like at school, you know, you start thinking like everybody's out to get you. Like you feel like everybody's like mm-hmm. not on your side, or like Definitely. even even if they're not on your side, people like always watching. They talking, they watching your face, they talking about you. Like so, it's like yo, I don't mess with you either. Like I don't bangs with you either. I don't want to talk to you. Like fuck that. Um, so I eventually kind of like 
learned like family's always first friends you know what i'm saying like your cousins you know so like that was kind of like what held it down and even more so like i said my group back in high school we was really tight and yeah just being very wary of people to now like i forgot what you used to what you used to call it um mike he was like oh that that new york bully mentality when like it's cold and you just walking through you just like I'm oh yeah, trying. yeah. You got your, you got your hoodie, you got your hoodie on. Yeah, you like you just on. in a whole different zone, like a whole different groove. Yeah. So being being in Brooklyn and even so, like even seeing Brooklyn change, it's kind of like you kind of have to. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you know what different. I'm saying. Like different place. I don't now, even know that place. At yo, like you kind of have to adapt to like where you are, like to who you are, and it's to what situation. You know what I'm saying? Like you go to college, you might bring that that the Bronx, you might bring Long Island, you might bring Queens with you, but it's like. A lot of people are doing that too, but also this isn't the place for that either. You know what I'm saying? Now coming back home, it's like I I, I gotta like switch back now a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'm grown now. I don't gotta be wilding, but I gotta be. I gotta still be protective of mine. You know. So. Mm. Well, yeah. All right. So for you, Justin, how how's um, how did your past influence? You know where you at now in life and stuff like that. So so for me, um, growing up for me was always weird because, I, I mean. In the beginning, when we were in Queens, it was dope because most of my family is actually going to be in Harlem and the Bronx. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in the city, actually, more time than I probably did in Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, when we moved out to Long Island, it was kind of devastating because... Well, when you lived in Jamaica, where were you living? Um, I lived in Kennedy Plaza, so off North Conduit, right off the belt. Oh, you South Side, like South, South Side. South Side, yeah. <laughs> South Side. <laughs> my dad be like, hey, Justin, your boy on TV, Fitty. <laughs> 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 Southside Queens, man. Um, I'm, I tell everybody, I remember going to the bus stop. I don't know, was I kindergarten? I remember seeing the little crap things on the floor. Yeah. The little colorful and trying to pick one up. And my mom yelling at me like, don't you ever <laughs> touch that shit in your life. And I was like, <laughs> like the first time I remember my parents like, like scolding on me. Um, I think I was kind of naive to a lot. I feel like my energies sure. always um, protected me in a way that like I get a pass. Like, like you know, I Definitely, remember, I remember I being on the yeah. I remember being on the school bus back when people was getting beat up for the jam sports strings. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I heard bro. about that. I heard yeah, about that. I remember. I remember a parent coming on the bus like, "Yo, which one of y'all touched my son?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking like, "Yo, y'all really about to get it in?" But um, <laughs> but I feel like when I moved to Long Island, and I think the reason why I kind of have a weird relationship with Long Island is because. I think there were a lot of personal traumas that came along when I went out there. Like my father, like my grandfather, he died. Um, he was a really, really big advocate for me. Um, the family in Chicago, I spent a lot of time in Chicago. Like I used to go out there every summer. Those trips started to decline a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess, you know, with things getting tough as we were out there. Yeah. But um, in Long Island, my friend, the friends thing was always hard for me. It's like, as I got cool with somebody, the clicks were always breaking up because somebody was moving uh, or mm-hmm. going away. Yeah. Um, I think the worst of it for me was actually when I got to high school. Like people see me now and they'd be like, "Yo, Justin, what are you talking about? You was popular. You was cool." I get that. I'm not saying I had beef. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. I did not have like I did not feel like I had that circle of my own. Like I was cool with people, but I did yeah. not have like I didn't have no one to open up to. Like I was always surface level with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Um, because mm. my really close friends, he went to prison when we started high school, and my other yeah. one, he moved to Virginia. Damn. So that's probably what I think. But I mean, I, I like to look at it half full. That's what motivated me to go away to mm. college and hate to say it, never go back home. Like, 
Mm, I ain't want to be it. like, I, I want to feel that way. That's what drives me. I mean, I go yeah. home to visit, you know, to check on people, but that, um, I guess it wasn't really ever a home for me, Long Island. You know, yeah. it's part of my life and it's definitely influential people there, but, but, um, that wasn't yeah, it for me. And I felt yeah. like the community that I stayed in, you know, and again, not to knock anyone that's still there, but I feel like majority of black men, if you stay in Gordon Heights and Quorum side, I feel like nothing good is coming out of it. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're not becoming a congressman. You're not. You're not. You're not really getting them goals if you stay around it. It's something yeah. about the mindset that happens. Definitely, definitely. So uh, there's a lot of stuff that y'all said, and I saw myself in it too. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. You know what I mean? Like when you talk about like not really feeling connected to people and stuff like that. Like I moved around so much. I always tell people I don't have any childhood friends because every single time I got close to somebody, either they would leave or I you would said leave. The same thing I just said. Or, you know what I mean? So it was yeah. just like. You know what I mean? It was just like, damn. Like, so I kind of got to a point in my life where I started to expect people to leave. And now, as a person who I am, now people always wonder, like, yo, why are you not close to people? Why do you just, why are you so okay with people leaving out of your life? Because I was like, I expect it now. You got like, used to it. Nothing's going to last bro. for that long. It's not like, to cut you off, go. though. I feel like I got to yeah. interject this, man. Um, so I'm really, not just because I'm training to become a therapist, but I also, I go to therapy for myself, too. Um, and it came up today. That's we talked up. about it. We are, I don't think we realize how much trauma we hold on to, and trauma doesn't. Oh, yeah. And trauma doesn't mean that somebody did something to you. Like I remember seeing a guy get knocked upside the head with a bicycle wheel, and his head getting cracked open. I was like nine years old playing outside. That sticks with you exactly. But I remember looking up and they're seeing wham and him bleeding yeah. everywhere. I was nine years old and I saw that. Like that was cool, that and I saw the kids walking around, and that that stuck with me. Yeah, yeah you know I what I mean. You. Um, I so when I when I think about my childhood, um, I would tell people basketball saved my life mm. <laughs> because like saved a lot of life. <laughs> because before that, like I was wild. So I was a super super smart kid. The teachers loved me and stuff like that. But it's gonna sound funny, but I wasn't getting me no girls. And I was getting Nah, you know where you at? You know where you at the lunch table? They just roasting you. Yeah. <laughs> roasting, bro. I was the kid that I wore the uniform. Like I had, a, like I was, I was straight and proper, and that got you made fun of. And obviously, yeah. you know, as an adult, we tell kids like, like those kids are not gonna matter to you in five, ten years. But when you're in that age, yeah. what you thinking about it? That's your bro, world. I'm, ty- I'm tired of getting beat up. I'm tired of getting made fun of. I'm tired of the girl I like. Being with some other dude, breaking my heart, like I'm tired of that shit. Yeah. So I say, so my de- I decided, feel like ass. I'm gonna start. <laughs> that shit feel like ass. I'm sorry, my like yeah, you just gotta think about that shit. <laughs> my little dumb ass started saying, you know what? I'm gonna start failing classes on purpose so I could be in the in the oh, low different. level classes with my friends, <laughs> oh, who I thought was my bro. I was I was wild. Man said, so, I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to fit in. So then I was with you to that point. one, bro. <laughs> As I said, like, I was, you know, I was but, there until you started saying that shit. I don't know. I was failing classes on purpose. I was failing tests on purpose. I had a test to go to a specialized school because these people saw some gift in me or something like that. And I mm-hmm. purposefully failed the test because I wanted to stay in the school I was in with my quote-unquote friends, right? But then after that, um, this thing called No Child Left Behind came around. And it basically, all the schools in New York that were underperforming, they were getting shut down, and they were going to take the kids that were actually, you know, performing well, bring them somewhere else. So I got moved out of Brooklyn, moved to Queens, right? And that's where everybody was playing ball. So then I started playing, and I started to realize, I was like, well, if I want to play ball, all these programs, all these teams, you got to have the grades up. You can't get in trouble. So basketball, that was the first time in my life where I actually committed to something. 
Mm. And what I tell people is basketball, it taught me discipline. That tra- and that discipline is something that so many people, and I, I must focus on men because that's what we are. Yeah. Men lack yeah. discipline. I lack definitely agree. Discipline. You know what I mean? And it taught me so much about that. It taught me that academically in school when, you know what I mean, there were times I wanted to drop out and I was like, nah, I got to finish. You know what I mean? It taught me that in, in relationships with, with significant others, like, you know what I mean? There's times I want to quit, but now nah, I'm going to try to make this work. Um, it helped me with, with joining my fraternity. Like, there was a lot of times when, you know I mean? Anybody that's ever joined a fraternity sorority, you know there's times when you want to quit. You know? uh, I won't <laughs> say everyone. I, you know, all, all prizes yeah, are not right, the same, right. you know. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Well, a lot of people, when they, um, when they, when they try to join, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, yeah. I always tell you, there's that moment when you hit that wall. Yeah. It might be one weekend, it might be two weeks in, it might be a month in, whatever it is. And you have to make an active decision to stay. And basketball taught me that all those practices, all those games, all those moments where I wanted to quit hmm. and I continued to persevere, I learned that from basketball. So, Did you play in college? I played for, I was about to play. But the reason why I stopped playing basketball was because I was having really bad panic attacks and it was raising my blood pressure to the point mm. that my blood pressure was at like 160 over something. Like they thought I was like something was really wrong. And I didn't know they I mean I started going to a therapist and they were like, nah, like you have anxiety. <laughs> and like, I had performance anxiety. So I, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? Like this shit is literally killing me. And I just I just stopped playing. Mm. So um, so yeah, that's a um that's a very like like I said, basketball saved my life, but it was also the cause of a lot of pain. So it's a love-hate relationship at times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But um, but that's why I, I really love to talk to athletes and stuff like that now. Because a lot of times we see athletes as just bodies with no emotions in them, no mm. no thoughts, nothing like that. But there's a lot going on in there. Absolutely. There's a lot going on. Absolutely. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, so now, there was something y'all talked about. Y'all talked about, um, Nate, you talked about not trusting people. Justin, you talked about you know people leaving and things like that. So does that mentality cross over to your intimate relationships? Uh, you just I'll let Justin say that because <laughs> I got a lot to say on that. I'm scared. I'm scared. I got a lot. So all right, man. Um, not trusting. I feel like there is so there's so much just so much of your experiences are gonna go into your relationship or just how you view women. You know, in general, it might not even be the trusted part. Just in general, how has um, your, your past affected your relationships now? I think it's made me um, a little hardened sometimes. Ooh, like um, okay, like 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 a chick can be like, you know, I think I'm, I feel like I need to go. You should leave then. <laughs> Yo, for real? Yeah. She's like, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. You said you feel like you should go. I say maybe you should then. It's just because it's like I don't know. After a while, man. I mean. Like you said, like it is what it is anyway, you know, and and I think just that and I, I think after a while you just get tired of the bullshit. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I guess that I don't I can't think of the words right now, but I think just being so hardened, I I think that's mm-hmm. what it's done. It makes you a little bit more hardened, um hard to have let me, let me ask let me ask you this. Nate and I was talking about this the other day. For us growing up, being in these strict households, families that don't have a lot of affection and things like that, when we had moments of pain or showing hurt, we were told to man up. We were told to put those feelings away. So do you think like you're kind of projecting mm-hmm. that in those situations? I I don't I I, I want to say I don't think they're the same. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I 
my, I want to give my parents some credit here. Like they, they did some. They <laughs> it might not be parents, but life in general. Yeah, you were right. hard, life harded you. So yeah, are you projecting that now on other people? I, I try not to. I really. Yeah. I really try not to, um, but I will that's say what you're trying to do. Actually, what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, what you think you're doing right now? I think there are times where it definitely could, um, and I think part of that is, and it's even a training to become a therapist. I, I say all the time in my supervisions, what I struggle with is the push and pull. When do I push, and when do I pull you in? But when do I also push because you need to stand? Um, you know, my my practice is always all my research is always going to be focusing on black men first. So any theories I look at is always going to be how does that affect the black man rationale first before everyone else. That's just how I look at it. So, And I also know that as a black man, I can't afford to be as open and, you know, intimate. And you just can't afford to just fall and cry, even if your life may may award you that. You may have the right to. Your shit may be that heavy. I know in real, I know real life that's just not going to work. No one's going to let work. it happen. So I, while I want to give someone that time, I just feel like, am I really doing you a service when that's just exactly. not, that's, that's not what just not is. it, not you know, I feel like I now I'll push you a little bit and give you a hug when you break down, but we're going to be standing toe to toe together and you're going to, and you're going to stand afterwards. But, um, I guess I kind of went on a tangent there. Relationships though. Nah. I think, I mean, I'm definitely, I've definitely said a million times. When it comes to women, I kind of do feel a little bit about a way because I feel like they put all this stuff out in the media now on what they want. And when I was growing up, the exact toxic monsters they claim they hate are the exact monsters they were breeding. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, y'all weren't talking to anybody that was being smart in school. Y'all weren't talking to boys that were fact. writing y'all the, 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 the love notes. Mike's feeling this whole conversation. Right like now. I literally remember, and I hope, and Shorty, I hope you're watching this. I literally remember. Um, <laughs> I literally remember this girl in a uh, in high school nah. walking her. To, I'm not gonna do that. I'm better. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you started, bro. You started, bro. You nah, it. too much controversy, but. We all know, I'm pretty sure we all got a story about some young lady. We were walking to her class and had the love of our life for it. And What's she, her name? What's her name? And she done played you for some dude that hanging outside of 7-Eleven right now. I forgot her. She was dumb. You know what nah, I mean? Nah, there was, yo, there was this girl in, in eighth grade, man. That was my girl, yo. I thought, yo. I thought I made it because I got me a little bad little Colombian thing. So I'm thinking, I crossed over that shit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm lit. <laughs> right? I'm lit. Uh, back when I didn't love black women enough, so, <laughs> so yo, you know what? Yo, she not a very I love the black woman so much red. that I that I was afraid to even entertain to to white women. You know what I mean? In Long Island, in my school, there was a lot of them there, and I'm just like, y'all, how you do that, bro? Like, you don't know they. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, let me tell y'all. So I, I really like Shorty. Like, yo, I'm really feeling her shit. So after school, we would always walk to we all the whole school would meet up at like the corner store. We kicking and shit like that there. So then one day we we get there and I don't see her. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where's she at? Next day, it's like I hit her up. I was like, yo, like I ain't see you. She was like, I gotta tell you something. I said, what? Uh... She was just like, I went to, uh, I'm not gonna say his name. I went to such and such name's house. And you know, what I mean, we we kissed and, and we did all did whatever they did, and, and and this is over. Yo, my heart dropped to my ass. I was like, I'm sad, I'm mad, I'm 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 everything all at once. It's my first time ever getting heartbroken like that, and I'm like, yo, like I do everything right, like I I, I got good grades, like I play ball, like I'm fit, like 
it's a bum ass nigga. Like, I, I'm. How do I lose? Bro? How do I lose? Can I? Yo, can I raise so that hurt, one, bro? Yeah. <laughs> my freshman year of college, this shit. I mean, this I, I probably uh, talking about ladies. Just pay attention. I don't know what I did, but anyway, man. Um, I bought this girl. Oh, that's what you fucked up uh, first. Uh, uh, <laughs> took me Elmo, or whatever, because she loved Elmo, whatever, to try to you know make up with her. Not only did she give me the Elmo back, but she started smashing like one of the dudes I was hanging with. And but guess yeah. what? But wait, but wait, it gets so much better. We gotta throw this in. She got married the next summer to somebody else. Sheesh. It sounds like Buffalo State. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Buffalo Boy. State. <laughs> Yo. But let me ask you this. We, we talked about this in the, we talked about this before. We're talking about men being more loyal to their mans than their girl. Were you still were you cool with your mans after that? Yeah, I have no um I mean it felt weird. Oh nah, yo, wow. Like, time out, time out. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. So, <laughs> so the friendship was never the same. Like we weren't hanging out like we used to. We were cordial, but it was never the same. You know what I mean? But uh Yeah, I probably would. Wow. But she was not That's my wild. she was never my girl girl. I mean, I had feelings though, and he I, I feel like he knew. We even hung out together. Like, it's just... I kind of feel like that's more... I guess I put it more on her than him. And she got married, so she had a pattern of it. (laughs) (laughs) So... Just to tell you, bro. She had a pattern. Okay, look, but look, she was doing that shit anyway. She was doing it. She was doing shit. So, Nate, so for you, how did um, your past, whether it's your past in your life or past relationships, how did that, you know, shape the way you interact with women now? Don't worry. No, none of your girls are listening to this. No worry about it. I mean, okay. I, I, you know I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to keep anything under wraps anyway, because uh-huh. a lot of people who listen already know. I'm sharing this um, shit to everybody. <laughs> yeah, you can, say, you can send it personally. <laughs> oh, but like, okay. Not for real. Um, but I... Uh, Growing up, like, I was the, the shy kid. I'm fuck that. Not even Honestly, like, I dealing with a lot of stuff. Like, my sisters were the main ones that were like, yo, man up. Like, handle this this way. Like, I was told, yo, all right, so boom, I have two older sisters. One, my the one who's like, I'm really close. Well, I'm close to both of them. But, like, the one who everybody calls uh, me, their, her twin, like, Gabby. We're, like, Gabby was like, when I got to high school, Gabby was like, nah, Nate, you got to be a player. You got to fuck these hoes. Don't get in no relationship. That sound like that, though. That's the funny part. That sound like that. <laughs> that sound like that. That sound like that. My elder sister, more, my elder sister, more like, Nate, be the sweetheart. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, be nice to her, whatever. Yeah, the devil so it was like, a, it, was like a, it was like a side. You know what I'm saying? It's like a spectrum. And like, I eventually got to a point where I was like, man, I, I ended up being the sweet guy because like, that's all I knew. I knew I felt like if I was a nice enough guy, like, if I did the right things, like, everything would be Gucci, nothing would be a problem. You know what I'm saying? And then. Yeah. <sighs> It, it just went wrong. <laughs> also, at the time, I did I only started receiving attention from shorties like in high school. Like I don't even know why, but I was getting attention. So at the time, I was with the shorty. I was with my first girlfriend ever, like the first love of my life type shit. And then like I ended up cheating on her because of the fact that I was getting so much attention from shorties. I didn't know what to do. And that kind of like set the I I, I ain't gonna hold it, that kind of set the tone for like pretty much the remainder of my high school career because like <laughs> well not that's a lot that's a lot the ex I had before that actually cheated on me with the shorties but we gonna roll over that's that a new shit that's that new shit with a shorty that's that new shit that's that new that's that that's that millennial damn shit. that's that not, that's that generation X whatever you call it shit because <laughs> like she yo she literally ghosted me for like two weeks then text me and then she was like I gotta tell you something mind you it's like summertime so I'm like what's up like what happened 
Mind you, we're about to start our sophomore year, I think. Yeah. She's like she's that young already. Like, she's like, she's like, yeah. So like, like I kind of did a thing with another girl. I was like, in my mind, why you would hit me up? That's what I'm thinking. I'm not even mad, Can we talk about it? At the time, I processed that first because you know I'm a nigga. Like I bet threesome shit, I'm lit. And she was like, nah. So then my next thought in my mind was, so for what though? Like you know what I'm saying? Like why? And it, it didn't get me upset. It, like, emotionally-wise, Mike, I tell you, I was so, like, non-reactive mm-hmm. to the point now, like, I understand why I'm non-reactive to a lot of shit, or I, at least I try to put on the front that I'm non-reactive. Because mm-hmm. when I don't give a reaction, you don't know what the fuck I'm thinking. You don't know what I feel. You don't know what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. So at this point, it's like, you, you, didn't like the upper hand. You, didn't, you didn't care enough anyway to to check me, you know, check me, or at least tell me right after. So I, sh- I don't care enough to even tell you how I feel. Because you, you didn't care about how I felt, regardless. You know what I'm saying? Damn, I just realized some shit. Hold the fuck up. Shit, then why not saving lives, man? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So then that kind of like that kind of like set the tone. So when I got into like a serious relationship with my actual second girlfriend, like the first love of my life, like that, I didn't know how to like process like emotionally a lot of things. Like you know what I'm saying? I didn't know how to talk about certain things. Like and then that kind of she would keep things from me because she didn't know how I would react to certain stuff. So I'm like, all right, I guess we keeping shit from each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you were Easter egg, I'm Easter egg, we hiding. What's up? Like, and it eventually got to the point where, like, I ended up cheating on her. And I, uh, you know, I fucked up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, I fucked up in that manner. And that kind of, like, just had me fucked up for, like, the rest of the, the rest of the, like, until, because that was right before I went to college, too. Mm-hmm. So like at that point she went away from her program and I'm like damn she probably like talking dudes whatever. Oh you trying to do so, the long distance thing? I told you bro. Nah, I got it. Work for me. No. You know what I'm saying? Yo, like, I used to go. Don't work. Hey, I mean, nah, bro. Nah, bro. Long <laughs> don't work. I'm telling everybody this right now. If you have a long distance relationship, I'm proud of you for making this far. I hope you continue to be great in the future. For me, it's a dub. It's a dub. It don't work. It don't work. <laughs> Mike, you know personally, Justin, you here, but let me tell you right now, it don't work. Oh, I was, for me. I'm with you, man. I need uh I need to, <laughs> I, I need the I need the flash. I need to be here in person. I can't um I can't <laughs> for real, like I need you right here physically, bro. And then so after that, um like I guess like when it came to other women like in college, like I wasn't reactive, I wasn't communicative in terms of my feelings, because it's like I don't think women be listening anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, from that first experience I had, like, I feel like women didn't really listen anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, my relationship in college, like, that kind of, like, went south because I felt as though she wasn't really listening to me. You know what I'm saying? I would tell her certain things, and it was like, it would just go through one end out the other. You know what I mean? That eventually made me commit the same action again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I cheated again. And it's like, all right, so I realized I did things because of the fact I was getting I wasn't getting something out of something. One the first time was because I was young and stupid. But the second time I definitely could have I should have known better. So that um I overall like even now like I don't I'm not reactive to certain things. I try to work on it because like obviously I want to be with somebody who wants who's gonna take me seriously and I hope she takes my thoughts seriously. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. my vulnerable side, I hope she listens to that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like but I also realize I have to give her something too to do that you know what i mean mm-hmm. like for her to like for her to know what to do with to, for her to know what to do with me and move around with me she, i have to give her something i have to give her that information so mm-hmm. that's how that the whole shit went down so for you it's just like you, you became like you kind of closed up 
Yeah, like it was yeah. just like it's over. Like I, I, you, you don't care. Like you don't care. I felt like women didn't care about how how men felt. Like I didn't. Like, I still don't think they can do right now. I, mean, I feel like they. I feel like women. Oh shit. A lot of, <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of women. Well, I told you this. They say that they care. They say that they support us, and I'm not saying that they don't. But it's in terms of what they want to support. Oh, yeah, I agree but when I tell you, like, this is what I need from you. This is what I need you to stop going off on me. This is what I need you to listen to me. This is what I need you. Now, this is what I need from you. No, 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 no. That's not what you need. That's not what you need. You're wrong. It's like, no, I'm, I'm trying to tell you. You're not listening to me. You know what I mean? So it kind of creates this feeling where sometimes it's like, you know, like, what's the point of me even talking? I feel like most women, not all, but, but, but most really don't want anything. They just want the idea of it. Like... Mm-hmm. They, yeah, want, sure. they want they want to they want a marriage in their family because they're tired of seeing it on their Instagram. It looks so cool, so now they want it too. Even though most of them, because you know, I feel like Fake. most of them, like I love asking people this: if you want something, what are you willing to do for it? Like, you want a relationship? What are you doing to be in a relationship? Like, what do you offer a relationship instead of telling me what you want in a relationship? What do you want to offer a relationship? Oh, that's a groove. Ooh, I'm a that <laughs> it is a groove, and you know what? And most of them will be in the groove. You ask them that because they won't be able to. Not gonna be, they can't do nothing, you know. And that's when they. And that's when all the emotional shit starts to happen because it's like, yo, do you really, really want this? Are you that adamant about it? I don't think so. I think you're adamant about the idea of something. It's almost like that's how a lot of them yeah. fall out. A lot of relationships fall out because it's nothing real. You just wanted a wedding. You really just wanted a party. That's ego. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's that's plain and simple. Want, she, that's they, ego. They wanted the bragging rights. Mm-hmm. They wanted the bragging rights. I was talking to and, and you said it at the beginning. I just want to. I just want to put it again in the middle. He's not saying all women. No, nah, I said. Saying, I, I won't even say most. I'll say a a a, a, a solid percent. A solid percentage. A solid percentage. I just want to make sure we keep reiterating. He's not saying all. <laughs> no, you're not gonna get no sound bite of this when you don't say not all. I know Miss Perfect is listening right now, and this is not you. Fine, baby. I'm glad we haven't met you yet, but I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad it's, it's not you. you. You know, but um, yeah, where was I about to go? I forgot. My fault. Um, you was talking about um the women like not just wanting like the idea of a marriage. They want a party. They, it's ego. Exactly. Like I was talking with a young guy the other day. He was talking about marriage and he was like, you know, how do you feel about marriage? And I said, well, I do believe in the union of a man and woman starting a family. I do believe in that. However, in present day, I question it a little bit because I, a marriage is actually just, they're just a license, right? That's literally what you're what you're paying for. You're literally Ooh, for that I'm, license. I'm here, I'm here. And now on oh, top yeah, of the yeah, license, yeah. Like the degree. ceremony. Right. But if it's so sanctified, if it's so special, do you really need that? Now the license, I get it because there's things that there's um, you know, insurances that, and stuff that that, yeah. that comes with that. That is important. I'm not I'm not gonna swear that for a second. You can also do that with a, a lawyer and have a, an estate. We'll do the same thing. Um a wedding, a wedding, yeah, a wedding, right? Like, you just killed mad girls. But wait, but wait, but t- but babies, I'm not here to kill your dreams. I got, I got a better one for you. A wedding is going to cost you between twenty, thirty thousand dollars. If you love someone so much and you want a foundation, you can take that same twenty, thirty thousand dollars and purchase a home. Put both your names on the mortgage, like you did that marriage license. Now you actually have something of value to launch your life off with, instead of a ceremony and debt. That's true. And Instagram pictures. Life. Sorry. <laughs> gotta get the Instagram pictures. Gotta get the Instagram yeah, pictures. You gotta, you gotta front for the gun. You gotta stuff for the gun. Now I know what I'm saying is challenging a lot of you know traditional thought, but if you want something you never had before, you can't do traditional things. You got to do something different. Ooh. 
So, okay, so now with that being said, um, we talked about this earlier, Justin. I want to bring it to now to the conversation, all three of us. Are men selfish? And one part of the question is, are men selfish? And then another part of it is, is it okay to be selfish? Hmm. Um, I'm going to say, yes, we are selfish. Um, but I'm going to say we have to be. Um, I should pull up the Chris Rock quote. And I think he says, the man is the only person in the family that is not loved unconditionally. If your father does not, oh. if, if your father does not provide shelter and your essentials, he ain't shit. That's your hard. mother can be That's a crackhead, do nothing for you. You still love her, and she still deserves to be loved, and she That's still fact. deserves to be loved. She still deserves to be loved because she gave you life. That is a fact. But your father, the fact. day he doesn't do nothing for you is the day he's done. So yes, because a father, oh, because a man has that has that burden on him. Yes, he needs to be selfish because he needs to make sure that he's in position to carry out those tasks because being all generous ain't going to do shit for you if you can't deliver because you can be a real generous, nice guy. But if you can't deliver the goods, nobody cares and you're going to get real tired real quick. So you're of the belief that to provide, you have to be in a good position. Like you can't like, Mm. like there's some people that feel like, like I know, okay, I'm going to avoid it this way. A lot of times I get into debates with my girlfriend about the fact that I'm like, yo, I can't support you and I can't support us if I'm not good. So I need to make sure that I'm good. And she's more of the, the belief of, no, we grow together and we develop together and all that stuff. And I'm like, so, no. <laughs> so no. I don't have the research. I didn't do it myself, but there's a lot of studies out there that already show that women and men socially process things differently. Women are more communal. And you can even, and I tell people, sometimes look at nature. A lion goes on its own. A lion this works in a pack. Right. So, yeah. of course, woman and I mean, lions and humans, I know that's a big difference, but, you know, have fun with it. You're going to you're going to see that same pattern show itself in nature. So for a woman, you know, she's got her sisters and all that. They're used to doing these kind of things together. Men for so long have been so used to we got to move on our own that it's kind of our DNA. Like, that's just what we do. Yeah. Um, kind of nurture at this point. It's nurtured into us. Condition. And it's also a learning styles and how we process things like. The way what, what works for her may not work for you, you know? And then I'm sure there are some men that, that can process things, you know, in a group setting with a lot of community. I know for me, a lot of times, if I'm if I'm clicking and you talking to me and asking me questions, you're not helping me. You're kind of hindering me. So I like to be on my own, too. Same. How about you, Nate? So uh, do you feel like it's okay for you to be selfish? Do you even think you're selfish? Like, yeah, hell yeah. Nigga, I just told you that the other day. <laughs> I feel like it's because um, we kind of touched on it in another topic, Mike. But, yeah, like, women are raised to be communal. They're raised to to want to, to, to build, you know, and with multiple, like, whether it's, like, family, whether it's friends. They're, they're kind of raised to be that, to be that, to be that person, that individual. And for men, it's kind of like, like, um, it's kind of funny. I'm about to quote my own poem. But it's like, it's literally like you have to get it on your own. You do get it on your own. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then because we're also, I don't like putting, I mean, I don't like to always put race onto it, but like because of the fact they're also black, then we don't, initially, Mike, let's talk about it, we don't ever always really look at another black brother like, 
walking when I'm walking when I'm walking in Brooklyn and I'm walking like I see another black girl they grilling me I'm like what the fuck you looking at like, <laughs> like that's, my, that's my instinctive you know what I'm saying yeah, that's yeah, yeah. you know what I mean but the first thing I remember I saw a post on Instagram it was like yo instead of grilling them how about you say what's up how you doing or like yo you good brother like say something instead of just looking at somebody blankly you know and thinking the negative things you know what I mean so I believe men are selfish and I believe is it great to be selfish yes Yes and no, because it, it, it everything requires balance. When when you're too when you're selfish and when you're all of about, course. when you're all about you for so long, it's kind of like all you know how to cater to is yourself. So that's why men are put into. I feel like that's why men are low key put into a place of like, all we really got to do is provide and we good. You know what I'm saying? Because if I can't provide for you, my mother always told me, like Nate, if you don't got nothing, no shorty's gonna stay with you. If you don't got your education, you don't got your bread. If you don't got things that she needs, she will not stay with you. I don't care. She was like, I don't care how much she about it. You know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. it's the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, even now, like I got out of post grad and I was like, yo, I don't really got nothing. Like, I got a degree, but nothing to show for it. You know what I'm saying? Not a job, not an interview, nothing. I, I, you know what I mean? And that's the harsh reality of some of some like not to say all, but some undergraduates. You know what I'm saying? Like getting a job that isn't directly immediately after graduation in your field. You know what I mean? So. I think there's also um I, I, I mean I'm sorry were you still going? No, you good. Okay, I was gonna say I think there's also because you you hit on something serious. Yo. The black the black experience is very is dynamic in itself. I feel like when you talk about men and you talk about black men, there needs to be a major distinction here. Um, because I think black men the selfishness isn't always about me me me. Sometimes you're being selfish because you're trying to build something that's gonna benefit others too. Some people, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Like Martin Luther King had to be selfish. That was selfish what he did. He sacrificed his family time for the civil rights movement. You know, Malcolm X, he sacrificed his life, you know, to put forth. You read that book, he sacrificed. Yeah, he, 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 he took it, yeah. <laughs> That's selfish. That, so yeah. when I say men are selfish, I'm thinking of that too. I'm not just thinking of, uh, hell, I, w- I want to say 50 Cent, but I don't even think 50, 50's got the right to be selfish. Like the man literally, his life has almost been taken for everything that he's accrued in his, in, in his time, you know? But um, in terms of working, like black men are the only people that don't earn as much as their spouses dollar for dollar. I always tell black women this when we um we start having that conversation. It's like, yo, the tone of your conversation, be sensitive to who you're talking to. Like you're talking to me. Do you look in this room? I'm the one that's that's the rare one here. And you're making more than me. Just know that. So, you know, we got to be careful with, you know, when, when you're driving this thing about black men being selfish. Black men are being selfish because they're fighting tooth and nail for every penny they can get. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. So earlier when we were talking about it, Justin, through text, I said, like, I think I'm selfish. And you said something. You were like, do you really believe that? Or are you just taking on, like, the messaging? And you made me think. I was like, man, it's something I tell people a lot that it's like, there's some things I believe about myself. I'm starting to realize now it's like, I don't really believe that. I'm just internalized mm-hmm. what people are saying to me. Because you're an educator, bro. So what you're is... a nurse. I'm an educator. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, these are not selfish yeah. fields. These are service-related fields. So yeah. I yeah. feel like if you want to give all your time to your nursing, I mean, not your nursing, to, um, you know, your craft and poetry, maybe that's what you're doing to keep yourself sane so that you can keep, you can keep saving lives out here. You know what I mean? If I'm if I if I want to go in my house and strictly just play my rap music and do my research on hip hop ideology, maybe that's what gives me yeah. faith so I can go out here and provide therapy and help for my community. If you take that away from me, yeah. maybe I can't do that as effectively anymore. 
and you're educated too. So, you know, whatever you think is making you selfish, I always argue, well, is it really being selfish or is it how you cope? Mm. Nah, that's that's Ooh. a really good point. So what are some so I, I want to know for y'all, like what are some things, what are some messaging that that y'all get a lot? Like I know for me, I get selfish, I get insensitive. One thing I had to unlearn was that I for the longest time I thought I lacked empathy. And I mm. realized I don't lack empathy. I care about people and I that is a lot of times where I'm able to put my feet in other people's shoes. Mm-hmm. The issue is it's just that. I'm a solution-based person. If you tell me Ooh, I like that solution focus. That's my I'm theory. Try, I use yeah. I'm gonna help you with. <laughs> I'm gonna help you with. I'm gonna give you a solution. Some people, what I found is this: some people, when they're in a hole, they want to stay mm-hmm. in the hole. They want somebody to jump down in the hole with them, stay sit there with, with them. them, let the shit cave in. Like, I'm not nah, like that. Bro. I'm gonna throw you a rope. I'm gonna get you out. You you but some people don't tools. want that. You know what I mean? So it's like, for y'all, what are some things that y'all have heard? Whether it's from women, whether it's from you know, just reading things in, in the media or whatever the case may be, some messaging that you uh, I'm too militant about yourself. I'm too militant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you'll get that a lot when you go. Yeah, to I'm like, uh, when you're a black man in school, you, you'll get that one a lot. I'm like, uh, get that one a lot. Maybe I, I would say uh, I'm not I'm I'm not considerate enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I mean, I feel like that's a lot, but like, there's a certain point where I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's a lot because mm. like everybody's story with you. Is a different version of what you give them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So probably it's not that you're all you're in or I'm inconsiderate. It's just that I'm not considerate enough for you. Oh, oh, you're insensitive. No, I'm not insensitive. I'm just not sensitive enough for you. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you have a you have mm-hmm. a certain gauge that I'm not feeling enough for you. And it's kind of like how you said, like I'm not. You're asking something. We talked about this the other day, Mike. Like. Are you asking something of me that's not my skill set? You know what I'm saying? That's not <laughs> like you. Uh, if, if you're me, like, you're not my toolbox. It's not my toolbox. I don't got it. Like if I'm here giving you everything, you know, giving you that I can possibly give you in the way that I know I can. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're looking for somebody who's going to be in the hole with you. I'm not that person. I'm the person that's going to be like, yo, what do you need? I just need someone to be here with me. I, I'll be here with you up here while I give you this rope. Climb up, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> help me help you, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that yeah. kind of that is that in, in itself is how, like, I, I like it's 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 it's, it's an issue because it's like when you you deal with someone, like, I guess, like me, where like I don't want to, like, the things I'm gonna say to you, I'm saying it to you to be more to motivate you to get you going to get spark that fire. Mm-hmm. Some people will, will, will translate that into, well, you're not, you know, I need you someone to just listen and be there. It's like, ah, you, but why though? Like, cause then it's like, so what are you going to do after this? That's my thought process. What are you going to do after like, you know, we go, you like, I, I coddle you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, w- I want to make sure you're able to get up from this moment. That's my thing. I want to make sure I uplift you. You got everything. You good. You good. Brush the dirt off. You need some water. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? So for me specifically, it's always either one of the three things inconsistent to answer your question inconsiderate um insensitive and uh i mean they all kind of roll over to each other but basically you don't care enough i heard that too so so i want y'all to for a second i want y'all to take the armor off right take the Never. rough exterior that Never. like <laughs> yeah i mean take that off for a second they're gonna try to kill Answer this question, you know what I mean, with whatever your feelings are. How does it make you feel when that happens? And the reason why I ask that is this. 
there's a lot of times when we, whenever we have these conversations with women or we have these conversations with people, Justin, you said this to me, it always ends up in, get the fuck out of here, nah, fuck this, fuck that, nah. I want us to have a moment as men to express how it makes us feel. For me, when that shit, when people say those things to me, that shit really hurts because I know how much I pour into people. I know how much I care about people. I know how much like I sacrifice for the people mm-hmm. that I love. And after I've done that for them to turn around and tell me, you just don't care. You just don't listen. You're this, you're that. That shit hurts like a motherfucker. So for y'all, I want y'all to just kind of talk. How does that make you when feel? I, it's a slap in the face. When I, yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> it's a way of like discrediting what I'm trying to do. Like, I feel like when I get the whole militant thing, it's like, it's like you're being disingenuous. You're trying to use that as a compliment, but really what you're trying to say is you're trying to muddle my message and try to like, it's like what they do with the, the whole Malcolm X thing. You know, people love to make it seem like Malcolm X was this warmongering black man. And that's like, <laughs> All the that's time. not true. Like if you ever took the second, I honestly took the, took, you talked to him. He even said it in an interview with a white dude. He's like, no, I think, we need to, and it's in the okay. mixtape too. We need to, um, we need to talk unapologetic. You say how you feel, and I say how I feel, and we keep going with that's the conversation, it. and that's how you get progress. You can't get progress if you're going to constantly hide behind words. That's not how you really feel. So I just feel like when people give me that that whole militant thing, I feel like you probably weren't really listening to me. You just um, you envisioned something and just like <laughs> blew me off. Mm-hmm. You let and we talked about that before. Like, how does it feel to not be heard? That was like one, of our, one of our first conversations. <laughs> how does it feel to not be heard? This shit hurt. It's hard. It's how about you, Nate? Uh, uh, I'll go back to my first statement. It's a slap in the face. It's kind of like, yo, like, I can't, you can't possibly think, like, I'm here for you all the time. Like, I'm your friend, you know what I'm saying? Mike, you tell me this all the time. Like, being a friend is, is, a, is, a, is a huge role. It's like a, you know, you sign up for that. And you, like, when we talked about it being, um, what's the word, uh, unconditional you know what i'm saying like i'm willingly being here for you you know what i'm saying so like if i'm making a choice you know i'm, I'm making, making a choice, a choice to, be to be here with you i'm making a choice to put in the time so like the fact that you're not you think that what i said had it you twisted it you know what i'm saying you twisted my nerves in the mat that's a nerve my words in the matter and it's like nah that's not that's not exactly what i'm saying at all like so then eventually it 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 settles in, you know what i'm saying because it's like damn my really yeah that's like, the worst that man person, when it happens you know what i'm yeah. saying am i really you know what I'm saying? Like, if we're going to get real, like, shut the arm off, like, am I really that person? Then you, then you start, well, m- not maybe you, but me, like, I'll start, like, thinking about all the scenarios that are similar. And I'm like, am I really this messed up person? Like, not messed up, but I'm like, do I lack empathy? Do I lack sensitivity? It's like, nah, like, I'm a sensitive person. Everybody, everybody who knows me close to me knows I'm a sensitive person. Maybe just how, I, how like I said, how I handled the situation with you, it wasn't for you. It wasn't to the level that you needed it to be. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has a different gauge for certain things. But overall, it kind of just makes you feel... It qu- makes me question my character a little key because then it's like, now I got to go back to the building blocks. Like, I got to figure things out. So I challenge y'all, good brothers, <laughs> the next time somebody... And I challenge any man listening to this. The next time somebody makes you feel a certain way, tell them. No, I'm good. <laughs> that shit is hard as fuck, bro. I'm good. Don't go off... Don't tell them, don't talk to them about what they did to you with shit like that. Just say, I feel such and such. That is one of the hardest things to do in the world. Like, and that's why I said, I really, I said challenge for a reason. I challenge you when you say, I feel, actually say a feeling. Don't just say, I feel like you did that or 
I feel no, actually say I feel hurt. I feel disrespected. I feel misunderstood. Mm. Because there's so many times when somebody hurts us, our first thought is to just get back at them or something like that. So I, I really challenge any man listening to this. Next time your significant other, your family member, your man's, your your line brother, whoever it is. Yeah. They do something. They say something that that hurts you. They didn't pay you back on time. They weren't on time when you asked them to be on time. Like, I know what it's like, bro. <laughs> I know what it's like. <laughs> I know what it's like, man. The next time that shit happens, say, "Yo, bro, like, I'm hurt that you did that," and, and, and just go from there. And, and like I said, it's a challenge. Try it. It's uncomfortable, but that's you know, what I mean. That's how you take those relationships, those friendships, things like that, to the next level. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? but <laughs> they already know, bro. That's how he said. I mean, I get it because like it kind of keeps people. It's supposed to keep like the person who hurt you, like hurts your, well, yeah, hurts your feelings accountable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's one thing um, we don't do as men. Like, when we hurt. When we hurt, we don't let the person know that hold the person accountable by letting them know what they did and how it affected us. Mm-hmm. You know, by not doing that, that person, the action repeats itself. And so we constantly, oh, how I do, I constantly just push it to the side or bottle it up or bury it because it's like, you know, whatever, it's just dead now. Like, so I get it. I'll try. <laughs> what about when women are like, um, you know, when they're disingenuous with like relationships, um, this happens especially when you have um, one of your non-traditional relationships, which is like the uh, the famed friends that benefits of your situationships. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, it starts oh. over here, and it's I'm not a, clear, I'm not clear uh, as day, and they just always try to just like slowly slide that little. But like, why ain't you? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm not I don't know, like. That's kind of uh, when that happens. <laughs> I knew that was a good one. I'm thinking about it, Cause, like, cause it's kind of like it's gonna sound messed up, but like, if I did my part in telling you where I was at, like, it's kind of like it's gonna sound messed up. But like, you you came to that. But on see, your own. why does it have to sound messed up? Because he's being real. Because it's be, one, it's being real, and two, it's because. Like I guess in a sense for her, I, it's not. I don't feel that same way. You know what I'm saying? It's not. I'm not reciprocating that. You're being selfish. And that's you know, what I'm being selfish. selfish. But it's, you know what I'm saying? So I can't do that. Like, you know like, oh, why didn't you think? Why didn't you want to take? Like, yo, I got asked that. Like, oh, how come you never took me seriously? And it's like, damn. Well, I feel like sometimes this this is a good chance to don't put it on her. Like, it's not about you. I'm not serious right now. Oh, oh. <laughs> nigga, you trying to get his I mean, shot. Oh, <laughs> you bro. <see> that <laughs> we were saying this was a situation, so it was a situation. I don't see where the harm was the harm in it and saying that you're not ready for nothing serious. This no, this definitely no harm in it. I feel like so you go. So what? What you're what you're about to hear after that is so you just go fuck me and you gonna do this, you gonna do that. Da, 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 da. I feel like it sounds more so when yeah, you start putting that... another woman into the perspective because when it's like, oh, but you took her seriously, or you would take her seriously, and it's well, like what. Where I'm at in life, if you're bringing up the past, other people, you need to be going anyway. Because <laughs> what are we doing? Like, <laughs> are we serious? But all right, so so um, so you start winding this thing down, right? Um, 
like I, like we talked about at the beginning, y'all are both artists, right? And before we even get into this conversation, I want to say thank you. And the reason why I'm saying thank you is um this is something that y'all really pour your heart and soul into. Being an entrepreneur, being an artist, things like that. And y'all could easily see someone like myself and my girlfriend who aren't artists and just jumped into this like podcast thing. I mean, being an artist, um, being an entrepreneur, things like that. And you can easily look at us like, look at these two people just trying to jump on the wave and things like that. But I appreciate the fact that y'all yeah. both have been very supportive. Y'all are welcoming, like, you know what I mean? Things like that. And I really want to say thank you for that. Um, it gives me confidence, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I was scared mm-hmm. of shit. To put my, like, work out there, put shit, my thoughts, I still... my feelings and stuff out, it's scary as hell. <laughs> Bro, it's, <laughs> it's scary as hell. Still getting to bad exactly. So I'm really... <laughs> I'm really thankful for um for the op- welcoming arm that y'all opened up to me. So I, I really just want to say thank you for that. Um, but with that being said, I want y'all both to kind of talk about like the ups and downs of being an artist. Like, what's it like? What was that moment like when you said I'm gonna do this despite that fear? What's it like when people are telling you, nigga, you can't make beats, nigga, you can't poetry, bro. I know you, bro. You you don't do no poetry, fuck out of here. So like, for so me, like? art is um I think art is a is a mind is a mindset. You know, like. Uh, I'll talk to my dad a lot about yeah. it because he's into like numbers. He see things, everything concrete. Art is fluid. Like, yeah. I see a box. Yeah. I also see the space around the box. I don't just see the box, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah. for me, it's always hard to talk and share it with people because if you don't have that mindset, the conversation is just not. It's just not going to be a good one. It's going to be trying to explain something to work. you that you yeah. just can't. You just can't see. You know, so for me, and for a lot of time, that's probably why the DJing always went up and down was because I was trying to, like, do something that my guys around me that were helping me, my machine, they weren't really understanding. That's why the DJ Casanova thing eventually (laughs) fell off, you know, because I didn't want to be just a club (laughs) DJ. Like, I had been on trying to, like, blend and bring different music together. I always felt like the turntables was like a paint board. Like, I'm like every, every mix. It's like it's like a just splash, splash of paint. paint. Like it's unique. You can get the track list, mm-hmm. but you can never recreate right. that mix I did. Never, you know. Um, there's an art mm-hmm. to it. Um, and then I bring it, and then I try to bring it into like the classroom with how I like with how I talk to students, and even how I process them. Like how the music that you listen to, a lot of it is just again, it's hard to be comfortable sharing this and opening up because people look at it so crazy. Like what rap music in school? Those are bad kids. We talking with them about right. We don't need to. We don't need to entertain their thoughts. We don't want to know how they think about moving weight. Like, you know, like we don't know why. But now, now I definitely feel you on that one. So, Nate, how about you? Like, how was talk to me about like the the that the way people may see your art. Things like how does that make you feel? Um, well, it's kind of funny because started like I tell you like I started off as a rapper and like. When I got into poetry, I got so comfortable with poetry that I wasn't that scared to show off my poetry. But once uh-huh. it came to like music, mm-hmm. it was a whole different feel. Cause that's a whole like, you know what I'm saying? Cause like, Mike, come on, son. Like, like you said in the beginning, like Nate rapping, he don't he don't look like he moved he's talking about spitting <laughs> moving bricks. Yeah. He don't talk about moving away, you know? He ain't talking about keys. He, what do you know about keys? You know what I'm saying? So like for me, yeah. it was kinda like, damn, like I found out. I'm a little bit closer to the mic. I'm a little bit closer so, to the like, mic. When I'm like is this better? Yeah. So, like, when it came to, like, moving, like, talking about moving keys, I, I, I wasn't that person. Like, I, I like, 
I wasn't moving bricks, but like I, <laughs> the stuff I wanted to talk about and portray was like the vulnerable side of me. Like my art, my art and all with his music or poetry is the part of me that I don't speak about. You know what I'm saying? It's the stuff that like I how we just discussed, like that vulnerability, that's where that's where it lies in. You know what I'm saying? And if if and if I show you that and you like, the fuck is this? I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. It's like you a knee jerk reaction. Yeah. Back, but ultimately, yeah, it's like I, you know, but it's like at the end of the day, I have to get comfortable with doing that because by doing that, my my confidence in my own art will grow. You know what I'm saying? Like if I get comfortable with just like listening into it, fine tuning it, you know what I'm saying? Even taking the crit- criticism, whether it's too harsh or like if it's constructive, like I got to take it and I'm going to do it better because like I got to be, I want to be able to relay these feelings I have, like the vulnerability to somebody else and they, so they'll be able to feel that. So the person who isn't like talking, the same person like me who isn't talking about it and like you said, Mike, who feels as though they don't have like a, a ounce of art, artisticness in their body Feel, here's it they're like oh nah this is it right here you know this is this is this is like this is exactly how i feel this is exactly what i thought like this is an experience i felt before like i i, I resonate with this and i already told you like bro the artistic accepting your artistic side in a caribbean or just in a strict household mm-hmm. is hard i just accepted it this oh, past sure. this past fall you know what i'm saying and because of the mm-hmm. fact that like, i realized like i can't I've lived every day hiding my artistic identity. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you, oh, you're a poet. Nah, I just write poetry. Oh, you're a rapper. Nah, I just, I just write. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I, just, you know what I, mean? I do it on the side. Like, I didn't embrace it fully. You know what I'm saying? And embracing it fully is, is when you fully come into your artisticness altogether, because that's when it helps everything. You know what I'm saying? Because once you start accepting your artistic identity and then also displaying it as yourself, like, like, like integrating it with who you are, like, yeah. Yes, I'm an aspiring nurse, and yes, I'm a, I'm a rapper. Yes, I'm a poet, because that's who I am. Once you accept it or in full circle, you'll be able to like. When it comes to your art, you'll be able to feel more comfortable with it. You'll be able to um, be able to um, commit to it more and be able to display uh, display or portray it to people even better. Definitely, definitely. So, Justin, you had you had you had talked about that. You say your, your DJ Casanova thing had had the ups and downs, and eventually, like fell off so i remember the first time i put out a podcast episode it's like this rush that first time you put out the first time you perform the first time (laughs) you might you might do a set whatever the case may be it's that rush then you start to realize you do it a few more times like oh shit like it's a little bit hard to stay consistent because you have them l's that you take there's times that people be like nah that shit wasn't that good or times when you share it with your friends and they just like nah i'm not fucking with that shit whatever the case may be so what's it like when you hit that wall, talk to me about that moment. You have writer's block. What's that moment like when it's like, what makes for me it's um as an artist? Well, I guess for DJ, it was paying bills too. But secondly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but even at this point, you're still at, at this for me. Art. I realized when you create so, something, what, what makes you keep there's no telling how long it's gonna live, you know. Like, um, it's sad to say, but some artists are not celebrated until mm-hmm. they're gone. You know, um, Basquiat, um, I mean, Basquiat got big, mm-hmm. you know, was a lot in his life. And his art was more so about what he wanted to do. He wasn't he wasn't going out to make Basquiat's. He was making he was just painting. He was painting, and then the right yeah. people saw it. <laughs> and it became what it is today. And I think, and for me, um, and this is a message to anyone listening. Sometimes your target audience is not going to be your friends and family. You know what I mean? Like that's just that's just what it. You know, like that's a fact. there were times where I was doing <laughs> gigs, yeah. and I'm like, my man's just saying this. 
it was random white people like, oh my God, do you have a card? You're amazing. I have never heard this music before in my life. This is so amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'd love to see you again. Then your man's like, you know what the fuck? Just play the next song, B. This is trash, dude. Like, <laughs> like you gotta, you really gotta, <laughs> when you're trying to, you know, hone your craft, you really gotta, and this is, and this is when education comes in. You gotta know your target market. You gotta really know who you are for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your people are going to support you because they're your people at the end of the day. They're going to be there for you. You know, they will. They may not be there from the start, but I promise you. But before the big title fight is there, they're going to be there for you. They're, they're going to be there win or, win or lose. But you can't expect them to have that same enthusiasm if that's just not their thing, you know? My mother's in the gospel. Like, she's not going to sit back and listen to my yeah. beat with me for hours. It's just not going to happen. But she loves me, and she'll try her best. <laughs> You know, and she and she can't help me with that creative process because this is not her waters. You know what I mean? So, so for me, I guess to answer your question, it was just some legacy and an innate feeling in me that I need to be heard. I need to get this out, and that's what drives me to just keep doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's more about yourself, really. Doing about yourself. Go ahead, Nate. How about you? Like, what keeps you going? Um. To be honest, it's it's what Justin said a little bit further back. Like, it's what keeps you sane. You know what I'm saying? When you're an artist in any mm-hmm. type of form, you have to create in some type of form. Now, whether yeah. you decide to put that art out is entirely up to you. But like, you know, at the end of the day, I told my man's this. I tell everybody this. Like, when you create, you don't create for people. You create for you. You create for you create for what you think. You create for you because that's exactly what you want to see. It's exactly what you want to hear. It's exactly mm. what what kind of content that if you see it or if you hear it is what you want. You know what I'm saying? And then it ties into what Justin said just now. Like you have to know your target audience because your target audience is gonna be the same people like you. They wanna see that content. Yeah. They wanna hear it. They wanna, you know, visualize it. They wanna understand why you use this color, you know what I'm saying? They wanna do that. And like mm-hmm. that is what drives me because at the end of the day like if i stop creating if i stop doing these things like i realize i don't feel that sense of happiness i don't see that content that i want to see not to say like oh i have the best content in the world but no because i know that i i'm at least right now i feel that i'm confident enough to supply that content to myself and now because i feel that confident i make the decision well i want to share this with people i want people to i want i want to see i want not to say i want to see but i want to share people a part of me Cause that's what the content is. The content is you, you know, holy, like whether it's your podcast, whether it's DJing, whether it's studying, um, you know, hip hop, like, and sharing it with people, like people like, all, all over Instagram, like mm-hmm. people are sharing their content and their art in their own way. Cause that's exactly expression. what it means to them. It's a part of their personality, yeah. like to dig expression. So doing that, when you do that, people understand a better side, understand that. Side and, just to, and if I can pick you back a little bit, just like what so, you say, yeah. I feel like, when you doing it for you, that's when you okay. truly get the best out of it. And like you said, and the people that really bang with you, yeah. Like if you listen yeah. to rap music, you always know when, like, oh, he was trying to do this. That's why I was whack. Why I wish he would have just, I wish he would just did his, you know what I mean? Like Nas is notorious for it. Like <laughs> Nas, when he came out with the um, Nashadamas, we were pissed off. What are you doing, Nas? This ain't you. You was trying to do all this commercial shit. <laughs> we don't want that for you. Yeah, that's Nas. Right. Go back to the streets. <laughs> But like the, but the, but the problem is that he's been always trying to recreate the Illmatic <laughs> instead of just being himself. What makes Jay-Z so dope is, I mean, Jay-Z adapts constantly. He's constantly evolving, so he's always changing. But his music is changing with him. So it's honestly, it's authentic to who he is. 
it's always growing. That's why four 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 was dope because he was at that dizzy. place in time. You know what I mean? That's what made it dope. Um, and some of these new artists, you can always tell when like when they playing with their sounds or if they really going back to their roots. You know, you got to stay rooted, and that's how you. I think how you put the best thing out. So how? But so here the thing for y'all. Mm-hmm. Y'all come to that conclusion very early in your careers, right? And it's dope because you know that's a great thing to come to. But there's that fear. But it's like, what if I don't become big? Because we live in this comparison society. I get on my that's Instagram. And I'm like, that's damn, trap. I'm not. That's the first mistake. Such a bro, right? That's I'm that's, not, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm that's not a trap, bro. That's I'm a trap. Not, don't do it don't do it like that's like bro i just i was on the phone with my uh, my cousin like you've already lost when you start looking at other people it stops stop becoming about you like bro i was like like this whole quarantine thing but i see a lot of artists that i know publishing putting out their works putting out their videos and at first i was like yo i gotta hurry up i gotta hurry up but i'm like no you're in your own race you're in your own race you 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 grow with your art as long as, as, as at your pace. So if you're gonna force it, that's when you stop doing it for you. You know what I'm saying? Like you shouldn't be able to, you shouldn't you shouldn't be in a race with other people. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got you got something too, bro. You have something to offer. That's what you have to remember. Everything's like, been done before, but regardless. you still got a unique spin to it. That's a fact. Exactly. Like if and if, and if you don't believe us, I mean if you you might want to believe Quincy Jones, I was watching this direct mm-hmm. uh, documentary out on Netflix. I don't know if anybody seen it's called Quincy, and in it he says something that like yo, I had to me and my girl we had to pause the shit and just be like, damn, you just fucked us up. He said, once you start to chase the money, God leaves the room, mm-hmm. and that shit blew our mind because we were early on in the podcasting thing, right? And we were thinking like, how do we have how do we have the most controversial thing? How do we get the most likes? How do we get the most spins, streams, all this type of shit? Then we start we start thinking. I was like, wait a second, why are we doing this? It's about to share what we believe is going to be beneficial to somebody else, and whether that's the whole world or whether that's just five people right now, it's fine. And mm-hmm. honestly, you might start at five. You got to start somewhere. Maybe just for right now, this point in your life. <laughs> It's just five people. How many times do we hear about people say, yeah, man, I was performing in the back of fucking uh, backwards ass club before I was out, you know, the pastors who were so successful now. I was like, man, I was, I was just preaching in a church in a shack. I had like a 30 minute session just doing Sunday school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then they blow up to these bigger things because they stay true. Like, like I said, what you are, what you have to share. There's so many times I have friends come to me. Yo, Mike, come listen to this. Anything, anything anybody sends to me, I listen to it. That's my word. I give everybody my word out. If you tell me, if I tell you I'm gonna listen to it, I'm gonna listen to it. And I can't tell you eight out of ten times mm. I send it back to the person. I'm like, yo, you're not talking about you. You're talking about these girls that I know you're not fucking. You're talking about cars I know you're not driving. You're talking about a lifestyle and the hood and stuff like that that you're not even living anymore. Talk about what you had now. Like, there's so much in that. There's so many people that like there's 21 year olds like college students who's rapping. Talk about what it's like to fucking like be in school and shit. I wish I could rap about that. Like, there's so much to talk about with that experience. Like, I just don't have the ability to put it in rhymes. So it's like, I, like y'all said, like, man, mm-hmm. don't compare yourself. Comparison is the thief of joy. Like, so your great example, a couple episodes on my podcast, yourself, I was kind of, I was salty. <laughs> I was venting about the whole D-Nice thing. You know, D-Nice going his Instagram live, 100,000 people. I'm sure he made a little penny on that too. 
you know, and I was like, well, I was telling a friend, I was like, you know, I've been doing IG Live. Um, I, I do it on and off all the time. I've been doing it for months before this, you know, no one ever listened to me. And then my boy was like, well, well, Justin, you, uh, when do you go on? And I was like, like two, three in the morning. He was like, two, three in the morning, nigga? What you mean? <laughs> but also, you know, nice from, um, he's, he, he's from the um, Boogie Down Productions. So he's been around hip hop for a minute. Damn this is mm. the beginning. So, overtime, so, overtime. So, so he, he deserves everything he, he gets. And, uh, and <laughs> he I definitely did. I watch him and I'm always learning. For sure, for sure. But yeah, man, so I want to take this last moment that we have here as, as um, on this podcast. I want y'all to kind of just talk about what y'all do if y'all are. We talk about y'all being artists, but I really want y'all to get the moment to just Talk about what you do. Talk about any upcoming projects you might have or ideas you may have, stuff that's going on right now. Um, Nate, I'm going to throw it to you first. Um, how y'all doing? <laughs> uh, <I'm Nate. laughs> Where is man on the spot? Damn. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Right you have to be now, ready, man. It's your shot. It's your moment. You're definitely right. Uh, so, right now, I'm working on a project. Uh, it's like a little, it's like a five-track little EP. Nothing crazy. I try to keep it short because I don't got the time to be making no 15-track. <laughs> you know a project but it's definitely something worth it it's definitely going to be a lot of poetry definitely a lot of poetry some raps in there nothing 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 that you haven't already heard from me honestly something from the soul like i said in the podcast like anything you hear from me is my vulnerable side so i hope you i hope you fuck with it i hope you appreciate it uh coming out uh that's <laughs> so to be that's to be it <laughs> where, where can we find hold on before you go just where can we find your work like where are you based out of where can we find your work uh you can find a lot of my poetry right now you can find a lot of my poetry on my instagram pen of the stranger or you can check my tumblr my tumblr is uh the lost cause poet uh and yeah that's about it or if you want to follow me on twitter how we spell uh, that i'm gonna call you right now um so yeah you you said vintage the wise oh which one Okay. Yeah, it's just vintage and the wise. That T H E wise. Um, but yeah, Pen of the Stranger and Tumblr Lost Cause Poet. Because once like everything's done, I'm gonna start promoting and I'm gonna go right back to mm. putting poetry on everything like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and you based out of New York, right? You still in, based out of Brooklyn? Yeah, Brooklyn, like, New, York, New York, New York and stuff. Ain't getting uh, no cool, better. So. Love when, when the world open up back up again, we could definitely catch you in some poetry club and things like that. Oh, right? you already know what's going down, man. Let's go. You know, already know how I get. So, so currently, right so, now, so, um, just, if you so follow me on my with you. on my Twitter, I believe it's Justinspire eighty five. I like to do a little um, Zoom parties here and there. Usually, um, I choreograph things based mm-hmm. on a theme. Like a while back, we did um the Queens party. We try to go through the boroughs of hip hop. Um, you can also if you add me on Facebook, I started a digital club. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Hip Hop Lounge, um, it's HHP Lounge, but you can go to my Facebook, um, which is the Hip Hop Professor, you know, facebook.com slash the Hip Hop Professor. Whenever I go on live, sometimes I, I throw a flyer, sometimes I might be in a moment, I'll tweet it out. And if people are interested, um, I, I DJ, you can always hop in, yeah. you know, patch in and you can be in a session with me and listen to the music, you know, I'm, I'm mixing. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I'm still training, uh, mm-hmm. I'm still in school. I'll finish by the end of the summer, and uh, hopefully I'll have my, uh, well, not hopefully, I'll have my school counseling license, and in the fall, I'll be taking the exam to get my mental health license, so I'll be a therapist mm. with my provisional license, man. That's what I got. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. my Instagram yeah, is the hip underscore hop I put a lot of my mixing and stuff up there, too. That's another place. If I'm ever live, you can always check me out. Right. 
right. So anything that y'all might be interested in hearing, I'm gonna definitely have it on my um on the witness post. I'm have all the ad names and everything like that that they just said. So when we post it, y'all be able to find it. Um, y'all also be able to find Justin's um uh podcast page and everything like that. I'm gonna send y'all the link to the Spotify. Please, please. All that, so see, I can make sure y'all getting connected. Support your friends. Support your people. Give them a stream. Stay in the house and listen. listen to the whole thing, but Show five minutes help. Five minutes Show help. That's a fact. Stay in the house. Please stay in the house. But with that being said, fellas, I really want to say thank you again for um giving me your time. We've been here for shit hour and twenty minutes. I mean, fellowship has always been amazing. I'm glad I was able to connect y'all too. Um, I'm hoping that I see some dope things from y'all. Definitely, yeah, absolutely. Individually and hopefully it's always dope when get together. Now, I love a collaboration. So, facts, uh, facts, definitely, definitely. All right, so let me take us out. So, if you <laughs> made it to this point, one of two things has happened. One, you listen to the whole thing. We're thankful for you tuning in. Or two, you're not really listening, and this is just background noise for you. If it's the first, please remember to like, subscribe, and share our content with at least one person you know this week. With your man, it could be your line brother, that person you just got in a fight with, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your mother, whoever it is, we'll take the stream, right? <laughs> whoever needs a glass of wine and some good conversation. Also, check us out on Instagram, at the wine night pod. <laughs> if it's the second, well, <laughs> thanks for the stream. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> All right, peace and love, y'all.